Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. I'm so excited to introduce to you the first of a two-part series here on the Campfire Conversation podcast that focuses on the outcomes that summer camp provides for our families. This week, we're going to focus on the important group, (laughs) the kids, and we're going to talk about how camp will help kids do lots of things. Next week, we're going to shift our focus on to you, the parents. Talking to me around the campfire today is Dr. Lori Brown. Dr. Lori is a former camp counselor, award-winning camp director, and college professor who now directs the research arm of the American Camp Association. She's also the mom of campers herself and has witnessed the distinct and transferable outcomes of summer camp both through her research and in a very real-life way back at her home. I need you to hold on to your hats here because Dr. Lori is going to tell us all sorts of things that she's learned that will really blow your hair back and has really changed the way I think about camp. So I hope you enjoy our conversation today around the campfire. Dr. Lori Brown, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Cole. <laughs> it's, it's nice yeah. to finally meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you in person. It was fun because you know we've been benefiting from the ACA's research for, you know, I've been in camping 17 years and Aww. we've been reading Camping Magazine and you know, I, I know enough statistics to know that what you do is very important, yeah. but how you do it is really the most That's important the thing. That's the most important part. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you get into camping? Well, uh, like most people, I went to camp as a kid, mm-hmm. day camp, and then overnight camp. Um, fell in love with overnight camp. I feel like I became who I am mm-hmm. at overnight camp. Um, went on to work at camp for many, many years. Uh, met my husband at camp. He actually proposed to me at camp. Oh, that's we got awesome. married at the same camp. <laughs> that's um, awesome. I went on to become a camp director, this time of a day camp, which mm-hmm. is a, a unique set of challenges, mm-hmm. uh, running a day camp. Uh, but while I was running the day camp, I was going to graduate school for youth development. And so got my PhD in youth development, Mm -hmm. went on to uh, take on a faculty position, so I was in academia for a little bit, and then had the opportunity to move into uh, this role full-time, do camp research 
all the time. I will say that the, my predecessor, uh, Dr. Deb Bileski, mm -hmm. is an icon mm -hmm. in the field and my mm -hmm. mentor. So I worked with Deb for almost 10 years before coming into this role. Awesome. So I feel like I've been prepared for it for a long time. But I will add the one thing I ha I'm not prepared for but winging it is now the role of camp parent. <laughs> <laughs> Sending my own kids to camp and in fact have a son that's starting to think about working at camp. And oh, wow. It's very um, interesting uh, to think about now the camp perspective as a parent. So what was that like? Because, you know, my boys go to our camp. Mm -hmm. You know, what was that like to send your kids off and say, see you in a little while? Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great because I believe in the experience, sure. obviously. But I, I say that we really send them off. So we live in the West and our kids go to camp in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. it's it's on an airplane. It's days away. And, sure. Uh, but it, but it's, it's been very, very positive. Mm -hmm. um, of course, my, my kids love everything about camp. They don't want to come home. They come home with arms full of friendship bracelets. It's everything I always <laughs> dreamed of. Um, but I, I will say what's a challenge now is prioritizing camp. You know, mm. my kids, like a lot of other kids have mm -hmm. sports and friends. And, right. you know, now I have a son who's interested in making some money mm -hmm. and thinking about camp in the context of all the other things you can do during the summer. Right. Yeah. A good friend of mine used to always say, you know, we're not competing against other camps. We're competing against all the different experiences that our children can we, have. We really are. It's amazing what our kids are able to do out there. But in our mind, obviously, you know, we're, we're a little biased. There are things that they can get out of camp that they can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. And so now you've done with the ACA mm -hmm. an enormous research study over the mm -hmm. course of the last several years, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit we're about, about two and a half years in? Okay. Yeah. So this is a five-year study, and to be clear, I'm not doing this research. ACA has uh, we always conduct our research through a request for proposals process. So mm -hmm. We have research partners propose, and then we have a volunteer committee that selects the research partner and oversees the project. So some accountability mechanisms that we do right. to make sure that our research is rigorous, reliable, unbiased. Mm -hmm and legitimate in the eyes of the scientific community. Um, so in this case, the, the research partner is the University of Utah, which is fun because that's my home university. Right yeah. um, but what this is is a study that at, at its essence is trying to explore the lasting impacts of camp. Got it. Uh, we've known for a long time. We've had national level studies that have shown that kids get great things out of camp. Mm -hmm. You know, things that we would call social and emotional learning, friendship skills, teamwork, mm -hmm. independence, problem solving, uh, responsibility, interest in exploration. Great. But do those things last outside of camp? And recognizing that camp is part of what we call learning landscape. That mm -hmm. kids, as developmental beings, are learning and growing wherever they wherever they go, mm -hmm. and that's that's great. So, what is camp's unique contribution in that learning landscape, and mm -hmm. where are the intersects between camp and school, and ultimately jobs, the workforce? Right. Um, so that's really what's at the heart. Now, there's a lot of pieces parts to the study. Sure. It's it's really a layer cake, um, but really it's about those lasting impacts mm -hmm. and the relation between what kids learn at camp and how that's used beyond camp. Yeah, so I, you know, I've read you know, some of the, the results so far of what mm -hmm. you guys have done, and the term that keep, keeps popping out to me is distinct and transferable. Yep. Which I explain what that means. Yeah, well, I'm glad you caught on to those words. Those are sort of our geeky <laughs> research words, and that we are looking for other ways to make sure that um, you know our camp professionals are are understanding mm -hmm. the power in those words. Mm -hmm. um, by distinct, we mean that camp is distinct from other learning environments, mm -hmm. and that camp makes a contribution to that learning landscape that wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. So, as we acknowledge, there's quite a bit of competition 
for mm-hmm. summertime. Right. So how is what's what's the value proposition of camp? Why mm-hmm. choose going to let's say a traditional overnight camp versus mm-hmm. going to a elite sport camp? Right. Or going to an academic prep camp? Mm-hmm. Or program, right? And so we want to know what the unique contribution of camp is, and so that's what we mean by distinct. And we are finding that camp does several things that are distinct from other settings. Mm-hmm. Um, some examples are uh, primarily in the in the realm of relationship skills. Mm-hmm. So things like um, teamwork and mm-hmm. empathy and mm-hmm. compassion, and this notion of appreciating people who are different than me. Mm, that's a really huge excited about that one. Yeah, you know, to show that you know, camp is a space where you are going to be around people who are from different neighborhoods, have different values, different backgrounds, and oftentimes you live in close quarters, you work very closely, and and we know now that a lasting and distinct um, outcome of camp is learning that appreciation for differences. So that's an interesting piece to me because a lot of our kids go to schools and spend a lot of time around people that are different than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly there are pockets where people, you know, will, will kind of congregate where they're very similar in sure. terms of same socioeconomic class and whatnot. Yep. But, but the majority of our kids go to spend the majority of their day, their daylight time with people that are different, yeah. but yet they don't get the same appreciation that they do at camp. Right. Well, there's a difference between coexisting with people who are different mm-hmm. and truly learning to live with them. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of the best things I've heard, uh, kind of ways to describe camp, I heard in an article that was published in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was that that camp is a world unto itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we refer to it as a bubble. Right. But within that bubble, you have all the normal processes of the real world. Mm-hmm. And because it's smaller, you know, kids can come into camp and have very real, authentic experiences. Mm-hmm. But because that world is smaller, they're safer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more easily reflective mm-hmm. of what they're doing, what they've, what they're learning, right? So I think it's that smallness that allows camp to make that contribution in terms of appreciating people's differences because yeah. you truly have to interact and and come to appreciate and like people yeah. who are different than you. Yeah, we say all the time that in our bubble, you know, an hour is like a week and a week is like a month. Yes. You know, it's just, it's, the, the time is even different. Yeah. Everything the is. The depth and the intensity of that know. time is, is pretty incredible. That's awesome. So a lot of relationship building skills yes. that are distinct. How yeah. are those then? So now the, the other part of that is transferable. Mm-hmm. Kids are now taking that, what they've learned and transferring it out to the yep. rest of the world. Yep, and specifically, we're looking at college and career readiness, okay. um, but including life in general, mm-hmm. recognizing that every kid has a different pathway, mm-hmm. and we want kids to be prepared for adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's college or career, what, what the combination is. Right. Um, so yes, we're finding that a lot of those same outcomes are also transferable to other settings. The one that pops above all else is relationship skills, you know, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to college and career. Right. Like that's something you need to be able to do when you go to college for the first time mm-hmm. and to navigate first time workplaces, mm-hmm. um, to come to, um, form relationships, keep relationships, nurture relationships, um, is something that camp does unlike any other setting. It's interesting. I, I listened to a talk by the Jed Foundation mm-hmm. um, a little while ago talking about how um, under-prepared uh, people are to go into the college setting. Yeah. 
um, just from uh, dealing with their social and emotional wellness and health and being yeah. able to interact with people and being able to take the struggle that is going to happen when you leave home yeah. and how fast they come back. But yet camp seems to be one of the antidotes for oh, that. Oh, very, very much. And a, a finding, an outcome that we're seeing that's specific to our overnight camps, because mm-hmm. of course our research includes day camp and overnight camp. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the, the findings that's unique to overnight camp, this is not surprising, but is the outcome of independence and the mm-hmm. ability to live with peers. And mm-hmm. where we're seeing that in terms of this transferability is directly to college. The young people go away, often very far away, and they say, "Camp prepared me for this." Right. Yeah, and they're that's able to handle. Pretty it. powerful. Well, because yes. they've they've done it. They they, they know what it's it. all about. They've been away from mom and dad, or yep. whatever support structure they have back home, and now they have to kind of figure out a new support structure. Yeah. You know, but thankfully, yeah. like a, a good friend of ours, Jed and Ross Buck, you know, talk, always talk about we provide an environment for safe risks to be taken. Because Again, that it's that smallness, net. right? That mm-hmm. that camp world is is not as overwhelming, not as scary. It feels like you can take safe risks mm-hmm. with, um, with consequences, but those consequences are manageable. Right. Um, so then to me the question is, all right, uh, you know, residential camps will get kids for one week to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Day camps will get the kids you know, throughout the day mm-hmm. during the summer, mm-hmm. one week to however long they stay. They spend the majority of their time back home. Yep. How, and I know we're getting into the realm of conjecture right now, but how do you think as parents and teachers, how can we keep those same types of skill development going back home? So one of the dimensions of the research project right now is looking at what we call dosage. Okay. How much time uh, does it take? What is the relationship between time spent at camp and the transferability of the outcomes, kind of the potency of the outcomes? Mm-hmm. And of course, more time at, at camp means kind of a, a greater depth of outcomes. Sure. But what we're finding is that it's, you know, overnight camps have, you know, by virtue of the fact that it's overnight, you mm-hmm. spend more time there. But a day camp can also achieve that mm-hmm. over numerous weeks. Got it. Um, I'll add, and I know this is a little bit different than what you've asked, that we're finding, I think this is really exciting, it's not just about time spent at camp. It's mm-hmm. about time spent at camp and developmental progression at camp. So kids who are gaining or growing into new roles and opportunities ah, at camp okay. are developing the strongest outcomes. So even if we only have kids for a week or two weeks mm-hmm. or even a summer, mm-hmm. if there's a progression within that summer, mm-hmm. they're more likely to have those lasting outcomes. And that's, I think, where the, the real home transfer piece comes into play Right, is talk about the opportunity to continue to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. So if parents can talk to their kids mm-hmm. about what they learned at camp and then identify opportunities to practice that mm-hmm. and increase the complexity and the challenge related right. to those skills at home, That's well, there's your developmental progression. Well, and a lot of our kids are required to make their bed and do their chores. Exactly. And yet when they get home, they don't have to. Huh. I know. <laughs> you know. Which is like, what? Right. <laughs> I don't have to. And as a parent, I know that that's a daily struggle. Right. But- but that, that could be one of the pieces. Yeah. Where, all right, so you had this responsibility at camp. Yeah. You're going to have that responsibility at home, and we're going to continue to train you, coach you, and add to that. Absolutely. So we can keep that, that going. Yeah, you know, an example with my own kids is they go to a camp that's heavy on wilderness tripping, and mm-hmm. so they do a lot of um, cooking while they're on trail. Okay. And they love that. They love that they're in there, and they're responsible for fixing a meal yep. for their group. And they come home, and... They've done all this cooking, and yet at home we right. <laughs> always trying to get them engaged, and of course they don't want to. But now they have the confidence to get in and fix a meal. So mm-hmm. I, my kids are responsible for 
making dinner once in a while. Yeah. And that's something that's a direct progression from what they've learned at camp. And it's funny, we we were able to take our boys out of school for a year. You know, as, wow. as summer camp professionals, we don't get our summers. Exactly. So we thought, all right, well, we're, we're going to do something that's going to be yes. interesting with, with our boys. And uh-huh. one of the things we taught them was, all right, you have to have real-world skills. You know, yeah. they learned how to do their laundry. They uh-huh. learned how to uh, mow the grass. Yep. You know, they had to learn how to cook. And yeah. they learned how to, learn how to clean. And now it's interesting when I'll have dinner ready at home, yeah. sometimes our oldest will look and say, yeah, I'm going to make myself some eggs yeah. or I'm going to make myself. And then the brothers will say, oh, can you make me some too? Huh. You know, so it's interesting how it's like, all right, fine. You know, yeah. just let me know so I can prepare. Absolutely. But it's going to allow them then to go off, you know, to college to do their yes. own thing. And not, I don't have to worry about where they're going to eat or how well, they're going to eat. And I would say that it's, it's, it's our, um, we have to do that mm-hmm. because we know through our research that kids are learning uh, responsibility skills and they're feeling more independent. They feel good about who they are as mm-hmm. a developing person. Yeah. And then if they come home and we take a, away their um, roles, mm-hmm. like doing chores and mm-hmm. helping out with meals, then that's that's devaluing this great sense of responsibility that they developed at camp. Right. So it's, it's so important. And we know that kids in general are lacking the opportunity to develop those real-world skills. Right, and I think that's it. We have to, as parents, provide more opportunities for them to do so. Yeah. So one of the things that I've heard over and over again lately, and actually Tom Rosenberg, who's the president and CEO of the ACA National, talks about the fourth industrial revolution Mm -hmm. and how so many things are going to be automated, and and certainly I know that's going to, I mean, we're doing this talk on one microphone hooked to a computer. It's pretty incredible. It used used to be a whole room full of Mm -hmm. uh, gadgets for this. What are some of the skills that, that kids are learning that are now so important in the job space? Oh, far and away the relationship skills. Yeah. Because alongside this narrative of, around automation and AI and mm-hmm. this fourth industrial revolution is that, well, that we're going to lose large segments mm-hmm. of the workforce. Mm-hmm. But the segments that deal directly in human services are going to become infinitely more important. And people who interact with other people, either in a creative way or in a customer service way, mm-hmm. um, are all about relationship skills. That's the one thing right. they, they need to know how to do. Um, and that doesn't matter if you're going to be a civil engineer or a math professor or well, a nurse. Because the computers or... are going to be doing all the calculations. We don't need people to do that. We need people to sell it, mm-hmm. to explain it to people, mm-hmm. to help people implement it in whatever mm-hmm. spaces. That is the the part that you know AI can never replace. Right. right. And so we know that camp is a, a laboratory for relationship skills. Mm-hmm. And we know that those skills last over time. And that's been the, the biggest finding for us in our current study. And quite honestly, it's not new. We know that camp mm-hmm. is all about relationship skills, but the distinct and transferable piece is right. new. And we know now that those are directly helping people succeed in college and then their careers. Is there, is there any research yet to know how long those outcomes last or how they change? I, mean, I imagine like anything, things atrophy over time if you don't use them. For sure. So. Yeah, so so far, you know, I said at the beginning, this is a five-year study. It's actually mm-hmm. broken into three phases. And our first two phases were what we call retrospective. So we okay. talked to people between the ages of 18 to 25 that mm-hmm. attended camp as a kid. Got it. And the requirements were very minimal mm-hmm. about their camp attendance. So sure. their camp attendance could have been very, very small mm-hmm. or quite a lot and looked at changes across those. And even despite those variations, this is where we identified things like relationship skills. Again, people reflecting back on their childhood. Sure. But that doesn't tell us a whole lot about the ebbs and flows in mm-hmm. real time. Mm-hmm. So our third phase is doing that exactly. 
So we have a cohort of 460 uh, campers. They were nine and 10 year old campers last year. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a year older this year. Sure. But we've recruited them alongside their parents and we're ah, talking we them go. together mm -hmm. because we're interested in the family as a unit of analysis. It used to always just be the camper and then the parent, and then we'd throw all those data together and try and make some sense. Well, now the family is mm -hmm. the unit of analysis. We want to know how families think about camp, how they think about the outcomes of camp, how families apply camp to school and mm -hmm. and backwards. Yeah. So I don't have an answer <laughs> yet, but well, I can be, say it's coming. That would be really interesting because... Uh, I'd be very interested in that study because I'm very interested in learning how can we as camp professionals mm -hmm. help provide scripts or questions for parents yes. to keep you know those outcomes going. Yep. Because really when you get down to it, some people say, all right, well, you're a camp director. It's like, yes, I run a camp, but I'm really about creating a community that brings out the best self in everybody. Yes. You know, so yeah. I just happen to be a camp director. Uh -huh. So how can we help everybody else figure out how can they keep those best selves going? Yeah. Throughout the rest of and the year. And it's absolutely about those reflective questions. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, my own, the camper my kids go, <clears throat> sends home some question prompts. Mm -hmm. um, as a part of their post-summer evaluation, which I think is pretty neat, they have the parents, you know, fill out questions sure. about all different facets of camp. But also, now here's a question we want you to go and talk to your camper about and then report it back on the survey, which completely took me back. And I think it's, it's super cool because not only does it get them some data, mm -hmm. but it also is a dialogue with my child that will anchor their own learning and help us, you know, tie That's, camp to non-camp. But I think the most important parts to that questioning process is, you know, obviously what did you learn, mm -hmm. but how did you learn it? Yeah. And sometimes kids have a, a hard time articulating that, mm -hmm. you know, even my own kids and we're seeing in our research study with nine and 10 year olds, mm -hmm. you come home and say, what did you learn at camp? And they're like, yeah, no idea. <laughs> no idea. And it's not that they didn't learn. Right, it's they just, were having so much it's fun. It's such a big abstract concept, right? right? And right. it was so much fun. So they'll say, oh, the people were great. The the activities were fun. You know, so we food was a, not so good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? So we need a translator, in we other words. We do like, need a translator. Camp was fun. Or people were great. So I learned social emotional skills by relating to other people. Right. <laughs> or, you know, I think what our research tells us is what those outcomes are likely to be. So as a parent, I mm -hmm. can say... I bet you practice responsibility. Mm -hmm. What kind of things did you do at camp right. to be a responsible person? Yeah. And they'll say things like, I made my bed, I had to clean up my space, I helped out at meals. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Do you think you could do some of those things at home? Let's think about how you can practice those responsibility right. skills here at home. Yeah. Right? But kids well, don't always have the language. Sometimes we need to sort of feed it to them. And it's interesting to me to think about, so at camp, they're part of a unit that is incented to do that like you're expected mm -hmm. to make your bed and it's fun when you win inspection yeah okay but at home uh, I don't want to make my bed yeah. like okay well you, you wanted to so I guess in some ways we as parents have to figure out some way on not to gamify it but you know to show that it's in the bigger picture you, you really need to be a part of this family and you yep. need to do your responsibilities yeah. Well, and I Good think point. there's something to gamifying things. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing we know for sure about camp, and it's funny because camp people are not um, always keen to talk about this, mm -hmm. but our secret sauce is fun. Absolutely. And there is nothing wrong with that. Right. Fun is the hook. Yep. Fun is the mechanism. Um, it's kind of the, the energy behind the learning, mm -hmm. and it makes everything that happens at camp intrinsic right. because there's fun and what we call interest that, yeah. that kids have an inherent innate interest in what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, inspection contests make cleaning your cabin fun, fun. Right. but how can you do that at home too? Right. And I've seen families 
say, okay, we're gonna kind of do this like camp, mm-hmm. where 10 minutes on a Saturday morning, and again, as a parent, I know that could be hard, but <laughs> 10 minutes, we're all going to do this at the same time. Right. And we're gonna blast some fun music, and this is our 10 minutes where you're gonna do your rooms, I'm gonna do the kitchen, and ready, set, go. <laughs> it's kind of like camp. And right. I don't think there needs to be a prize. No. But it can be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we talk to our staff. We, we have our staff for a number of days before the campers arrive. Mm-hmm. And we're very clear with them. The campers, when we leave, all we want them to do is feel like they can't wait to get back. Yeah. We, they can't wait to be in a place they feel most like themselves. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, we have to create. It's a fun experience. They're going to learn so much that they don't even know they're learning. Right. You're going to know as a staff member that you're teaching them, but Absolutely. teaching them through the prism of fun yeah. and, and our personal camp values. Yep. And then yeah. it's really the great thing about it for me is that we then get the feedback from the staff members at the end of the summer, these 18 to 22-year-old men and women uh-huh. saying, I never knew I could have that much fun and provide that much value and get so much out of it for myself all at the same time. Yep. So it's, it's really an interesting you know, thing about camp that... It's supposed to be fun. Yay, rah, rah. Yeah. No, no, there's an enormous undercurrent yeah. of what's but the, going on. But also don't value fun. I mean, I've right. heard many people say, um, you know, we, we can't go around saying that we're in the business of fun. You know, why not? Why not? <laughs> exactly. When you talk about this learning landscape and the unique contribution mm-hmm. that camp makes, the most simple way, and I think the way that most parents and the public is going to understand that is around fun. Of right. course, we need to deepen that, though, and say that right. fun is not the outcome. Fun is the way we get to the outcome mm-hmm. and be able to articulate those outcomes very confidently. And the thing that I'm, I've really enjoyed learning more and more the last couple of years is how the learning that happens at camp, which is distinct and transferable, yeah. how it connects so beautifully with what's going on the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, schools have to do certain things to prepare our children. Mm-hmm. Parents have to do certain things to prepare their children to go off into the world. Right. And camp can really be a bit of a glue or even a, a rocket booster for so many of those oh, pieces. Sure. Yeah, no, we're seeing uh, what we call this notion of, of camp as an accelerant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily the word that we want to, event, to eventually call this thing, but, right. you know, that camp is a rocket booster. Camp is something yeah. that... Um, really deepens learning. It it is probably stuff that most people are going to learn eventually, Mm -hmm. but at camp you learn it faster and deeper, Yeah, you know, faster because it's such an intense experience and deeper because you've lived it. Yeah. You weren't, you know, being in a classroom, passively absorbing someone telling you how to do these things. You actually got in there and did it. It's experiential education. Absolutely. Yeah. Direct action. So having looked at the research that you've seen so far come out of the study and the other studies you've done, mm-hmm. what, what have been some of the things that surprises, you know, surprised you all? Sure. Um, you know, a big one that I'm surprised to see popping as much as we are, and this is very timely, mm-hmm. is the notion of camp as <clears throat> both an escape and a way to reset. Mm. Um, so we're calling this being present. Okay. You know, we're again, these 18 to 25 year olds who attended camp as a kid are saying one of the most important things I learned at camp mm-hmm. and that I'm using now in my life is just how to be present. Yeah. And there's several different dimensions to that. There's, there's a kind of stress reduction mm-hmm. dimension. There's a, in many cases, not all, but many cases, a connection to nature mm-hmm. dimension. And of course people are talking about technology. Sure. You know, camp is a place where I'm just away from the stressors of technology. Yeah, Steve Baskin uh, talks about their kids develop a superpower by being able to leave their phone somewhere yes. else, and that's and their friends back home don't have that. Yeah. 
exactly. Know, it's, it's a really interesting idea, to, way to frame that. Yeah, and now we're getting these young adults mm-hmm. reflecting back on the power of disconnecting from technology and how valuable that experience was and acknowledging that is still important to them today. Awesome. So I think camp has a role to play in this increasingly complex world where we're hearing about things like anxiety and technology addiction with kids. Mm-hmm. I think camp has an even more critical role to play there than, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we didn't see that as much 10 sure. or 15 years ago. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting idea. You know, I, I studied Buddhism quite a bit uh-huh. in college and uh-huh. the idea of being present, fully immersed yes. in the moment. And that is certainly something you get to do at camp because yeah. the bubble that we talked about, you, you get rid of all the distractions. Yeah. And you're it's, just there. You're in the moment. And there's nothing to worry about mm-hmm. because you know that the schedule will kind of take you through the day. You mm-hmm. know your meal will be when it is. <laughs> and um, that said, one thing we are paying attention to, though, mm-hmm. is that camp can be anxiety-producing when there are kids who aren't prepared. So we're thinking a lot about how to apply the research mm-hmm. to things that parents can do to help prepare their children from camp yeah. for camp. I mean, especially a, a child that might be spending most of their time alone sure. playing video games, coming right. to camp where you don't have that safety net, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're in this big social environment. Right. That can that can be really abrupt. Oh, absolutely. And especially so. the, the children that, you know, like you said, doing the video games or, you know, being so programmed, they're not having to interact with people in a natural or real way. Yeah. It's been more fabricated. Coming yeah. into that place, and even you know, um, I think it was Susan Cain wrote the book about mm-hmm. introverts. I exactly. Mean, you know, we found we had a number of, of young people where the blare of camp is totally overwhelming. Yep. And we needed to create situations where they could go have what we call book nook, yeah. where they can just sit for an hour, read in the garden, do their thing, Absolutely. and they're better off for it. Well, and I will say, you know, as we unpack what we're calling the mechanisms of camp, because we're not just looking at the outcomes, what comes out right. the end, we want to know what happens inside that, that box, inside mm-hmm. the bubble. Mm-hmm. And one of those, you know, well, we're, we have probably eight different factors or features of camp that we know are linked to outcomes. Mm-hmm. And like, Big loud music is not one of them, or <laughs> right. big crazy air right. jumpy things in the lake are sure. not other. I mean, the color war break is not a part of it, <laughs> right? Interest is mm-hmm. a big one that mm-hmm. I get to do things that I'm interested in. Interested in, yeah. and for some kids that might be reading a book, mm-hmm. other kids that might be doing something that's more big action. Right, but you know, we can make things interesting at so many different levels. For kids, it doesn't all have to be the go 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 all right. the time, yeah. <laughs> right? What, what are some of the other factors? Staff is the biggest one, really, far and away. Yeah, yeah. Our staff it's are funny. so I would, critical. I would think of that just you know without the research. Yeah, but so that's what's being found out in the data. As oh, well. absolutely. Yeah. And there are kind of a couple different dimensions there. There's a, a I'm going to say three: um, a mentorship mm-hmm. dimension. Uh, a direct teaching mechanism that staff literally teach mm-hmm. the skills that former campers are reflecting back last over time. Mm -hmm. But then also this personal identity that staff are close enough in age that kids can look at them and say, I want to be like that. The near peer idea. Exactly. A near peer role model. So we're we're still trying to really dial in Mm -hmm. sort of this metric of what staff need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know that they play the single most important role in a, you know, Creating those lasting learning opportunities. So I'm sitting here thinking about schools where our children spend the majority of their time with teachers that are just fantastic mm-hmm. and giving their time yeah. or anything else and are so necessary and needed. And those teachers, for the most part, are not near peers. Right. 
I, my, I have, what if we had more high school juniors and seniors act as mentors for the younger kids? You know, in situations where that's that could exactly happen. what we're seeing at camp. I that, mean, that's, that's the value that's, right there. Right, that's the value. Yes. And it's valued both ways. It's Absolutely. valued for the staff members and for the kids. Right, right. Um, when you said that, made me think that the other thing we're seeing, so we're doing all kinds of research on staff. Mm-hmm. You know, we very much recognize that staff are in their own developmental processes and gaining great things, mm-hmm. lasting benefits by working at camp. Yeah. And one of the po- most powerful mechanisms we see there, we've talked about this already, is that developmental progression mm-hmm. for staff. So setting up layers of mentorship where staff get increasing amounts of responsibility, right. but wouldn't camp be a great model for how schools could do that? Because yeah. <laughs> we do that oftentimes through counselor and training programs and sure. junior counselors and so forth, but kind of scaffolding mentorship. Yeah, I think is Kim Haycock and I talked a lot about that, yeah. uh, about staff specifically and what the outcomes could, could be there. She's, yeah. she's a wonderful resource Well, we're finding well. the outcomes are very similar to the camper outcomes. Wow. They're learning awesome. the same things. So yeah. staff... Interest, a couple of what are the couple of other factors? You uh, one is very, very broad. We call it experiential learning. We've mm-hmm. talked about this already that everything yep. that happens at camp is real. Mm-hmm. You're not passively trying to absorb some kind of lesson. You're in there, you're living it, you're falling yep. forward, you're failing, you're you know, supported, and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think for overnight camps, mm-hmm. separation, yep. just by virtue of being away, but sure. You know, I used to be a day camp director, and I would argue that day camps can create that sense of separation, Absolutely. too. Yep. Um, so just being away from time and space, mm-hmm. and separate time and space, mm-hmm. is an important mechanism. Um, challenge and risk, which is so much, somewhat built into the experiential learning component, but sure. in and of itself, the opportunities Separated to take out. safe or at least reasonable mm-hmm. risks in a safe mm-hmm. and supportive environment is a really key mechanism. Um Nature in some spaces, and I say that because not all of our sure. camps have a nature component, but the ones that do, that's a really powerful mechanism of learning, right. you know, having that time spent in nature. Essentially, it reminds me, I read an article about uh, was it tree bathing that they do mm, in Japan. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really interesting idea that it truly has a somatic effect, you know, where it changes your brain waves and your, the way your body feels yeah. just by walking in nature. Well, and there's that being present thing that right. we know that especially at a nature-based camp, mm-hmm. there's so many health outcomes right. to being in nature. And yeah. we, I think we see that play out in the sense of mindfulness or stress reduction as Interesting. well. Well, you know, you go through these lists and certainly it's easy for us to create them in our bubble at camp, yeah. but there are also a lot of ways that we can create this back home. Yeah. You know, yeah. the idea of allowing our kids to get out there and interest to create places where they can say, take some safe risks yeah. to figure out how to get them with some more near peers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are all things that will take some work and some change on our part as parents, yeah. but the outcomes could be so important for our kids. They could. And I think the biggest barrier, and you know, I'm, again, this is based on my own personal experience, not necessarily our national research study, mm-hmm. is how to have conversations with kids once they've come home mm-hmm. and, and set up sort of a habit of those conversations. I mean, I know when I came home from camp, I did not want to talk to my parents at all. All I want to do is crawl right back to camp. And my parents were just a reminder that I was not at camp anymore. you were camp sick. Yes, and even my own children now, when they come home, I'm I'm just, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And they just don't want to talk about it. Oh, oh, kids, come on, I'm a researcher. Let me know. Right, I know, and they know that. They don't want to talk to me even more. Um, But, you know, understanding that when kids come home, that's a transition. Right. And it is loaded in all kinds of emotional stuff. Right. So supporting them in that, but understand that they'll come out and be in a more reflective place yeah. eventually. That's a great uh, point, because I, all I want to know is, what did you, what did you think? I know. Just, <laughs> and then, you know what? And then, I, then they won't talk, and I'm... <laughs> but 
again, that's a transition. Sure. And we know that when kids are transitioning, they just need some, some, some space. TLC, just some yeah. love and support. And yeah. then once they get through that transition and they're mm-hmm. you know, thinking more about school, that's when you start to pull out those outcomes from camp. Got it. Awesome. So I yeah. didn't prepare you. I'd love to ask this question, though. Are there any books or resources or blog posts or whatever that you would suggest to parents where they can oh. learn more <laughs> about this or learn more about anything in either the camp world or the child development world? Oh, it's a, a really good question. I'm going to answer with a very self-serving response, and Please. that is a, a blog that I write called mm-hmm. the Research 360 blog. And, yep. I, you know, that's geared towards camp professionals. It mm-hmm. is very rich in um, research, so mm-hmm. we share emerging findings to mm-hmm. their, our research study. Also a lot of how-to around evaluation, how you can evaluate camper outcomes yep. and program quality. But what I think when I want parents to see is how much thought camp professionals put into mm-hmm. research and evaluation. Yeah. And both in terms of improving that program and making sure that we're doing what we say we're going to do. Right. So again, that's a very selfish answer because I would love other parents to see sort of the inner workings of our profession. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, the, the amount of effort and time that goes into preparing these quote-unquote fun experiences. Exactly. You know, it's, it's really, it's almost homeric. Well, you know, a word that we use that is not a great word, but I think it captures this, is that we are the engineers of experience. Right. And camp professionals get high amounts of training to be able to intentionally design an experience mm-hmm. to meet specific outcomes. And again, fun is the flavor mm-hmm. of that experience, mm-hmm. but the intention is to develop most often social emotional learning or practice social emotional learning at camp. Awesome. And so it's, it, you know, we're engineers. That's right. Oh, and, <laughs> engineers and are fun. Absolutely. And we've been doing it around campfires, you know, forever. Absolutely. So we're just bringing that back in. Well, yeah. you know, Dr. Lori, thank you so much huh? for, for this conversation. Call. I've yeah. learned a ton. And, you know, you, I think you provide us a lot of th- a lot of things to think about how, how we can take camp and we can move it back home. So. Well, great. I, I, just, I like this and I like thinking that we um, can share research with a wide community. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. I You're appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. My head is spinning right now. <laughs> As a camp director for the past 17 years, I know camp has been so important for our campers and our staff members. However, Dr. Lori has finally given me some, some real serious words and research that we can use to back up what we always say, that, that camp is really the best place in the world for our kids to build relationships and to have a ton of fun doing it. Next week, we're going to shift focus, and we're going to talk about the other side of our camp family equation, our parents. You know, while camp is mostly about the kiddos, it definitely has a huge effect on parents back home as well. So I hope you'll join us for that conversation. I hope you enjoyed this evening's conversation with Dr. Lori. We've got links to the books and blogs we mentioned in the show notes. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be coming back to this conversation several times to try to figure out how we can keep the gains that that our family has received from camp going throughout the rest of the year. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. If you've not already done so, please leave a review for us on iTunes and tell your friends. Our campfire is big enough for everyone to join, and we'd be grateful if you help spread the word. Until we talk again, I hope you have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. 
Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.